0: Welcome to the Zwift Tour de France podcast. I'm your host, Christophe Mallet, and joining me today is Dave McKenzie. Guten Tag. Yeah, that's what you'd say, I guess.
1: <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> I was going to say bonjour, but you're right. Guten Tag. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Guten Morgen. I think it is morning. Good morning for Germany. It's, it's. Isn't it great that we've got a start of the Tour de France here in Germany? First time in 30 years, can you believe? What do you think that makes for
0: the for the tour, but also for the local people, for the Germans? Because a few years back, the tour was not even
1: on TV here. That's right. Yeah. And look, I guess uh, we can't hide behind the fact that they went through a pretty torrid time, I guess, that, that era that we we all like to forget in cycling, and and Germany really copped it, and German TV, they left. There were three big networks at the Tour de France back then, and uh, they actually i think paid more for the tv rights than france tv can you believe so they had a massive influence and a massive following and so we lost a big part of that so it's great that they are back and it's great that tour now has brought the race back to germany because so many good bike riders andre greipel kittel tony martin he might win the first yellow jersey who knows so i think it's it's great that these guys can enjoy it as well uh, let's talk about the stage uh, coming up tonight on sbs Day, w- day
0: one we will sort out to who's going to wear the yellow jersey what do you make of the course today
1: look I think it's a uh, I think it's a course built for the stronger taller or at least guys that can push that big gear it's a 14 kilometer individual time trial so it's not a prologue it, it's, a, it's a bit long for that but it's also a crucial one for the general classification guys because time, some time gaps can be won and lost here and it could make all the difference come Paris and we've seen in the last you know, just recent history in the Tour de France that it can come down to seconds. And so no one can hide. Richie Port, he's got to bring the A game from day one. So too Froome and all the other guys that want to knock him off the top step. But who's going to win? That I do not know. And that is the beauty. Uh, I think it's an, open, it's an open race, this first stage. Being in Germany, we can
0: say Martin is probably one of the, if not the hot favourite for this time trial. He's a favourite.
1: He's not a hot favourite to my liking because I think... Yeah, and he probably wouldn't like me saying this. I think the best is beyond him. I don't think we're he's not he's not the Tony Martin that he was a few years ago, but he is exceptional and he will step up. He'll will rise an extra few percent. And he has said, I think, on record, that his whole year has been based around this. So it's his specialty. And fourteen kilometres that's pretty good for him. And it's it's big, long, uh, straight stretches. I think it will suit him, but it will suit a few other guys. And gee, I'd love a smoky, uh, an Aussie Luke Durbridge. That'd be great. How much is the weather could influence actually this race? Because we haven't had uh, an
0: awesome weather. Uh, it could be a bit windy, could be hot or cold. What's, what What could be the effect of it?
1: Yeah, it's massive. It could be huge. And look, we, we were asking a couple of the teams yesterday about when they have to put in their team lists for their start order and requests. Now, normally, ASO, obviously, because of TV coverage, they like to have all the big riders stacked towards the back, which is prime time, and, and they're all then on the live coverage. But, however, if it is going to be dry early on in the day and then raining later in the day, all of the big stars, or quite a few of them, would prefer to go early on. Because there are a few corners, there's not a lot, but it can make a big difference to your time. And we've seen it in the past uh, at the Tour de France. Many years ago, I can't remember the exact year, but it was Jackie Durand who went off early, the Frenchman, in the dry weather. He was never going to win the prologue of the Tour de France, but it poured rain in the latter part, the last two hours. Jacques Durand did a time to win it, and he was smart because he knew it and he, and he rode hard, and it was enough for him to wear the yellow jersey. So we could see something like that this year. If we look
0: at the, the Aussies now, Richie Porte is the hot favourite uh, for, the, for the whole general classification.
1: How do you think he lives with this target on his back? I think he's ready. He's grown up, he's matured, he's uh, you know he's 31 years of age now, so he's ready to go. And uh, we saw in the press conference a couple of days ago that he just took it all in his stride. And I've, I've watched him the last few years in the press conference, and look, he's learned from the best, Chris Froome. He sat beside him and, and raced with him and roomed with him for two of his Tour de France victories. So... I think he's he doesn't have a problem with that, and I think he's actually enjoying it. What the uh, actual attention? Yeah, the attention and and that and that ta- and that tagline of being you know one of the hot favourites. And look, if anything of that is to go by, he is because the press room at BMC it was bigger than any other press conference I've seen for any other team so far here, including Team Sky. So there is a lot of attention around him. Let's listen to uh,
0: what Richie Porte has
1: to say. <laughs> yeah, look. I think you know there's a lot of people here, but you know it doesn't really count for much. But uh, just really looking forward to getting started. You know I've had a, a great start to the season. I'm not going to lie, it's disappointing to have not won the, the Dauphiné. I'd have loved to have won that race. But you know I sort of saw out on the
2: road there that you know friendships off the bike uh, don't count for much when you start racing. But uh, Look, uh, we'll see. see. I think the Tour is going to be a totally different um, race tactically, but uh, I don't think we've got a great team here to, to try and uh, cover all those situations.
0: So that was Richie Porte. Big question for, for BMC. Does he have the team? I mean, that's been, that's been the, the question for years following him. Does he have the team with BMC this year to make it to the end in Paris?
1: That's a good question. Yes, I think so. Uh, no doubt he does not have the riders... Enough riders, if you like, to take him in the high, high mountains. But I don't believe he needs that. I Cadel Evans, classic example. They all said uh, BMC wasn't a strong enough team to support him in the mountains. When you're going up a climb, basically the legs do the talking. There's no tact. There, there are tactics, yes. It comes down to it, but a lot less tactics than on the flat up or even undulating stages. So I think if he can, if his team, I think he's got a great team to get him through those you know 80 percent of the other Tour de France stages then it's just the six or seven mountain stages that are crucial and that's where he needs to have the legs if he's got the legs he'll be right he'll be fine you know but however if um, something comes up like I did in the Crotillum de Dauphiné, the final stage yeah he needs to play his cards absolutely perfectly he can't afford to make any mistakes how much that Dauphiné actually is still in his head do you think I think a bit because we asked him questions about it in the press room. So uh, I think he he wants to forget about it. But look, I reckon I think um, I think he's learnt something from that, and in and in I actually believe that's good. It happened to him there you learn from your mistakes. And I think you learn from your mistakes more than, you know, your victories or your successes. So I think that's been a good learning curve for him. And I don't think he made any big error on that final day of the Dolphiné. He, Like he said, he got ganged up on. So, but I think it was a good learning lesson for him and, and what to do next time that happens. Chris Froome, we cannot not talk about Chris Froome. We were
0: just talking earlier on about uh, Richie Port being the hot favorite. If there is a second hot favorite, it has to be Chris Froome.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's he's three time winner. He's going looking at going back to back to back. Is that right? I think number four for him. And to you know start to look at the records a little bit, he'd be in a very select group of only four winners of the Tour de France. So he's chasing that, I, I believe. And look, he's he's been there and done it. And there's only a, there's only a couple of riders in the race, Alberto Contador. You know, there's only a few that have that, that know what it takes to win the Tour de France. And it's a circus. You know, you you're jumping into the into the fireball at the Tour de France. Not just on the bike, off the bike. That the media contingent, the, the the you know the scrutiny that, that is aimed at you if you are a favourite, um, good or bad. So you have to deal with all of those things. And Froome's good and ready. But, but Shorty's got the experience to that. Yeah, he has. He has, totally. And you can see it each year he grows in strength, I think, in maturity and, and confidence for him. And he doesn't, he doesn't talk the talk. He, he does it on the bike. Uh, he doesn't do it verbally off the bike. Um, but you can just see he's got an air of confidence about him. Under Tim? Yeah, the team are good. <laughs> you can't deny that. You know, that's, uh, that's probably one question mark against Richie Port and, and the other rivals, the Froome. Do they have teams that stack up against Team Sky? And, yeah, I don't know if they do.
0: Uh, let's have, let's have a listen to what Chris Froome had to say during the press conference.
2: <laughs> the Tour de France is that that's what's unique about the Tour de France is it's just it's different to any other race we do on the calendar because of the the pressure, the the, the media hype, the the public. Just it's it's just ten times anything else. And I, I would say that having having won the race three times now, it, it does put me in a bit more of a position of. I've been here, this isn't, I don't feel that same pressure that I've, I've felt before. and um, I, I think that's, that's a great way to be able to come into the race and it allows me to focus on what I really need to do, which is thinking about pedalling my bike.
0: Ucandine is confident, deep down in you. Do you think Richie can beat Trump?
1: Oh, totally, totally. He will win the Tour de France. I believe Richie Porte will win the Tour de France. I've, that's my pick. Um, I'm not sure if I said that when we lined up for Cadel Evans in 2011 at the start that he would win the Tour de France. Not that I didn't believe he wouldn't. I believed he had a big crack at it. I just believe Richie Port is in the form of his life and I believe the stars are aligning. There's just one thing that he needs or doesn't need. Uh, he needs to not have bad luck. And he doesn't need to have good luck. He just needs to not have some bad luck. And that, we all know, is sometimes out of your control. So that just needs to play out. He needs to control the controllables and let the rest take care of itself.
0: And he needs people to try to avoid him uh, when they run in front of the, of the cyclists like last year.
1: Yeah, that and, you know, a stray dog, this or that, a motorbike, uh, gee, heaven forbid, a, a uh, media TV car. <laughs> We've seen that in the past. So there's so many variables. And I think that's what we, we love about the Tour de France, isn't it? It's, there's nothing else like it. It's, it's just an exceptional sporting
0: event. If we look at, let's say, any others, last year, uh, Bardet, finished on, on the podium. He's a big hope for the French crowd. I mean, you guess with my accent, he's also a big <laughs> hope for me. Uh, how do you rate Bardet? Is, was he just a surprise or could
1: he do it? No, he's not a surprise at all. And and I rate him I, and I like him. I think he's uh, he speaks good English too, so that helps how I can interview him. But no, look, I think he's, um, he's good. He wasn't super at the Crotium du Dauphiné. And I, I keep referring back to that because it is a key marker nowadays. But he knows where he's got to be uh, for the Tour de France. And uh, I think he likes to just slide under the radar a little bit, even though he is French. And and obviously the French will cheer for him and follow him. But in the main scheme of the global press here, he does fly under the radar a little bit. He, he can also win the Tour de France, I think. I think his time trialling is probably the one thing that is his Achilles heel. So the fact that the
0: individual time trial is way at the beginning but also at the end because there's another time trial
1: in Marseille would that favor him or not? Uh, I think having them spread apart is probably good for him um, I think he'll just look to limit his losses they're not super long they're not there's There's not a 40 kilometer time trial I think it's 14 and twenties, 23 or something like that so He'll limit his losses, and, you know, so it's good for him. I think it suits riders like him, this parkour. Um, he's, a, he's a climber, but he's not necessarily the best climber. Um, so I think some of the other stages will suit him as well, and he's a good descender. So any of those, we saw in cartoon the and I think Montuchat, they go over, and the descents on that, you know, watch him on those sort of stages, they'll suit him.
0: We've got to talk about Quintana, the case of Nauru Quintana. <laughs> uh, last year, he said before the tour he will not give any meter uh, in the fight against Chris Froome. How is he coming to this race this year? Not good. I don't think, you know,
1: I don't think, I, d- I don't think he should have done the Giro d'Italia. If he really wanted to win the Tour de France, he shouldn't have done the Giro d'Italia. It took a lot out of him. It was. A, it's always a tough race, the Giro. Um, and I just think I just think that is going to be the one thing that will stop him from winning the Tour de France. He said that he, was, he wasn't 100% healthy at the Jiddle. He should have withdrawn. He should have pulled out. He didn't. So, look, he'll be good. He is super. But watch his teammate, Valverde. Watch his teammate. Valverde's low-key, talking it down. I don't even think he'll come to the, he came to the press conference for the team, but he'll be one to watch. Because, yeah, in terms of that team, they're they're
0: pretty strong. Quintana Valverde, on paper, it looks quite awesome.
1: Yeah, totally. They're they're a strong team. And they're, they're purely built for general classification here. They're not built for sprinting. They're not built for opportunistic riders. They're just a team that are purely devoted to those two guys. In terms of the other Aussies, um, where do you see some surprises?
0: Because they, they, we always have surprises with the Aussies here at the Tour de France. Uh, there's no reason why there would not be a surprise this year.
1: No, no, absolutely. Look, I think uh, the, the names that quickly spring to mind, obviously Michael Matthews, stage win last year, and he'll be hunting one this year. He's got full support of his team somewhere. Simon Clark, he knew a long way out that he was riding the Tour de France, that he was picked with a core group of riders. And he is that opportunistic rider, Simon Clarke. So they look for him in breakaways, and I think he could jag a stage win. Outside of that, yeah, they're all capable. Jay McCarthy, another one, he'll have his work cut out, working for Peter Sagan, of course, and then their general classification rider as well, but he will get opportunities. Orica Scott, they always do something. Whether it's the truck getting jammed under the gantry <laughs> or winning a stage, they will do something. But guarantee not here. Uh, how much would that affect the team? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I'm a big fan of Simon Gerrans, and I presumed that he would have been on the team, like many riders. But then you look at the nine riders. Who do you leave out? Um, it's a tough one. I think uh, it's always tough when a star like Simon Gerrans is left off that squad and and his nation his nationality squad. So it'll be hard for him. I wonder if he'll sit back and watch it too. I know he'll support the team, but he'll he'll be he'll miss it, and I think he'll be missed a little bit. What about Matthew Emmon? Heyman, he's a stalwart, isn't he? I said to him uh, a couple of days back, I said, you're cramming it in, aren't you? You, you did your first tour to France about three years ago. You took, what, 14 editions to win Paris-Roubaix. And he said, yeah, I'm making up for lost time. So I think it's great that he's here. He'll be the captain on the road. He said, I'll be the captain on the flatter stages, not when we hit the mountains. But he's got a wealth of knowledge, and he'll be looking after Esteban Chavez on those flat stages. He will be sticking right near him. So he's an invaluable um you know rider for Orica Scott okay
0: we'll take a short break and then when we come back we'll talk about Lance Armstrong because he's back in the news and should he really be back in the news we'll talk about this in a sec
2: so what is Zwift Zwift is the indoor cycling platform that has transformed time on the trainer into a really fun and rewarding experience it's super simple Simply connect your indoor trainer, otherwise known as an Ergo, and bike to a Mac, PC, iPhone or iPad via an Ant Plus or Bluetooth signal and work out with thousands of other cyclists in rich 3D-generated virtual worlds. Just set it up and go. From structured training programs to virtual bunch rides and races, Zwift has got you covered. It doesn't matter whether you're Matt Heyman training for the Tour de France or training to win Paris-Roubaix or me, Matt Keenan, and training for Le Tap by the Tour de France. Zwift is a digital playground for every type of cyclist. Check it out for yourself by joining our daily SBS group rides on Zwift during the 2007 Tour de France. You'll get a great workout as well as catching up on the action from this year's tour. For more information on how to get started, head to Zwift.com.
0: We're back on the Zwift Tour de France podcast, episode number one here in Germany. Uh, there has been a bit of controversy over the last few days uh, around Jan Ulrich has not been invited to the, to the start of the actual Tour de France. And one very big vocal argument was made by Lance Armstrong. What do you make of this?
1: Yeah, of course, Armstrong, I won't use the exact words that he said, but he said, come on, uh, Jan Ulrich, not invited by ASO to the Tour de France, but he mentioned quite a few other ex-professional riders who were caught up in that whole drug scandal era, I guess, uh, of the 90s, 2000s, and he said he should be invited I agree. I agree Jan Ulrich should be invited. I think enough time has passed. Look, I know it's hard from the, the perspective of ASO, and if, I, if maybe if I was wearing their hat, I'd say different, and so I appreciate that. But Jan Ulrich was a champion, um, drugs or no drugs. He was a champion, and he was a great champion of German cycling. Now, I know that's hard for a lot of fans to swallow, um, but there comes I, what's wrong about it is that they invite so many other riders, Richard Varonk. The Frenchman, uh, you know, he's invited back every year. He's part of the organisation in some shape or form, all the sponsors that, that sponsor the race. So what's the difference? He was implicated in one of the biggest, you know, drug scandals in the Festina affair. Um, so it's the first time in 30 years the race has come back to Germany. Invite Jan Ulrich back.
0: But... Above this, do we care about Lance
1: Armstrong's opinion? I mean, realistically, do we really care? <laughs> we do, because we're talking about it. <laughs> um, we, we try to think, believe we don't, but we can't help it. And and uh, he's loving his podcast, that world that he's in now. And he's just, people people, people listen to him. They still listen to him. And uh, even if it's just a snippet, a quote, which is what we saw, you know, plenty of talking about it. And... I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. If it creates a headline for our sport, what do they say? Any news is good news, whether it's good or bad. We don't we don't want a drug scandal. That's the one thing we don't want in our sport, but Talking about it, talking about the topics about it, or, or, or what we just m- mentioned, I think it's fine. Uh, it's okay to talk about it. I come on, we're just a few
0: hours from the uh, the start here. It's going to be tonight on on SBS on TV. Um, you're going to have to give me a pick for you. Pick for tonight, and then pick for the overall classification in Paris.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I've given you the overall classification. Richie Port. He's he's the one who will win and become the second Australian. Uh, Tony Martin. I'll have to go send him the German. He's put his whole year around it. I just think he'll step up. He'll step up the extra 2% that he probably needs to to win it.
0: Thank you. That was the uh, Zwift Tour de France podcast edition number one. Tune in tomorrow uh, for the episode number two. Thank you, Dave. No worries. Uh,
1: Schnitzel and beer tonight. See you. On you or on me? Uh, I think on you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye.